This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode number 146, and Ooh. I am your host, Adam Bell, and joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, yeah, I'm doing well. I am uh, starting to enjoy spring weather, although it is it is still a little chilly here, uh, but it's going to turn... Here really hot, really fast. Here it comes. Here it comes. And uh, what do you call a little chilly right now? Just curious. Uh, you know, in the 50s. Wow. <laughs> it's in the 70s here. Yeah, it's been and weird. It's sunny. It's funny. I just, as you mentioned that, I pulled up the Apple app. So what, a year ago, a little over a year ago, Apple bought Dark Sky, uh-huh. which is a, an app and a weather service promptly discontinued the uh, Android version of the app. Big surprise there. Um, but they started to incorporate it into the Apple app uh, and the uh, the Apple weather service. It's kind of funny because I'm looking outside and it's sunny and nice and warm. Dark sky says it's 74 uh, and not a cloud in the sky, whereas the Apple weather app says that it's 73 with a chance of rain in the next hour. <laughs> so I, I stand corrected. It, it is 70 here in Hendersonville right now. It was very cool yesterday, but it's more comfortable today. Yep. But for us, this is cool. Cool. Well, it's uh, it's a warm one. Today's going to be the hottest uh, day for a run for me this year. Mm -hmm. So when I'm going out right after this, I guess uh, sometime after two o'clock, my buddy Greg and I are going to go for a 10K and uh, and something I've been doing afterwards lately is uh, firing up the barbecue. All right. What are you cooking? Uh, usually burgers. Burgers. Yep. Did I, did I mention egg? I cooked burgers the other day and my oldest daughter doesn't want to eat red meat. Right. So I made eggplant burgers. Okay. The purple eggplant. Yep. And it was pretty good. Yeah. No, I eggplant's did. good. I did, uh, you know, uh, cook it right beside the burgers. So it got plenty of real burger grease on it. So <laughs> I'm sure she appreciated that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah, this tastes really good. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you, <laughs> you didn't want a burger. <laughs> but you wanted burger flavor on your eggplant. But there you go. I tried one just to see. Uh, it didn't have a bad texture. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of seeds in mm -hmm. them, but they're kind of like banana seeds. You I can mean, eat them. Yeah, it's not a not a big deal. Yeah, but it had a nice texture, and you could eat it as a burger. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go all the way through that unless I just, you know, had really bad cholesterol, and my choice was either die today or eat an eggplant burger. All right, I guess yeah, an eggplant burger. Yeah, you can also make them into pizzas. Mm -hmm. um, you can make them into the. Um, you can. I've seen uh, using portobello mushroom caps as the bun. <laughs> and uh, so you can do a portobello you know, yeah. as a bun. <laughs> and you can also do that with like a regular burger, but you can also do that with, you know, an eggplant burger. So it's like a hundred percent veggie burger. Uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's not terrible. It's like, if, if the goal is to, you know, have some tasty food, that's great. If the goal is to replace the taste of a burger, eh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> on that note, have you tried things like the Impossible Burger or any of those synthetic I have meats? not, but <laughs> but my oldest daughter, Ashlyn, she has tried it and she said it was pretty good, but I haven't tried it. I have not. I'm kind of, uh, I don't know. I um, was uh, about a week or so ago, I was picking up beef. And normally, like, I get most of my meats through a, um, a farm share. So I have mm -hmm. a delivery now. I do it now, like, every two months. It used to be once a month. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it's pretty good. It's, it's like ButcherBox, but it's local. You know, so yeah. it's a company out of here in, in Massachusetts. And they get all of their um, foods uh, sourced from New England. <clears throat> so I like it, and I love the quality. I've never had a complaint with the quality of the food. And, yeah, I get sausage, beef steaks pork chicken uh you know all kinds of stuff it's really good stuff mm -hmm. um and they used to include um beef burgers too you know like for for burgers ground right. beef. but there's something about it i don't know if it's just the fat content or what but if i ate more like if i ate one burger like four ounces two days in a row without fail, my face would break out like a teenager. <laughs> and the same thing was the true for their ground pork. And it's too bad because that was some of my favorite stuff, you know, making burgers out of those. But like, I can't eat this. It's it's making me sick. You know, it's a form of, of, of sickness. So I was right. like, oh. So, but, um, so normally I get all that there. Um, but um, I go to my local Wegmans store now when I want ground beef, because there mm -hmm. I can buy 90, 93 or 95% lean Beef. Oh, wow. And I think it tastes just fine. No, people say, oh, fat is flavor. I'm like, well, I think there's plenty of flavor in the burger there. Plus, I'm always putting toppings on it. You know, I mm -hmm. love pickles and Worcestershire sauce and mm -hmm. cheese and bacon, you know, all the other good things <laughs> there. So there's no shortage of flavor. Yeah. I substituted that, that beef fat with pig fat. <laughs> yeah, much better. <laughs> better for you so, so anyway so that's what's uh, on my docket for uh just a just a few hours from now well and i sent you a link i don't know it's been a few weeks ago that i um i'm trying out omaha steaks yes you've ever heard of them yes i th think they've been around a long time yes uh it's i mean everything that we've had has been good my the the boneless skinless chicken my only complaint about it was it was small but after you take away all of the fat, all you're left is with a little perfect breast that's healthy for you. And like, yeah, I need two of those. <laughs> who doesn't like two small, perfect breasts that are healthy for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can't think of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. So, but we've had the steaks there and, you know, they... I didn't know what to expect because I'd, I'd never subscribed to the service. And honestly, I didn't. Um, well, and I just bought a one-off. Like I didn't subscribe to a recurring, you know, just in case I didn't like it. Um, but they, everything comes frozen um, yep. and it's more or less flash frozen. And then it's in its own plastic container. And, you know, and some people tell you how awful that is for the flavor. And I just don't agree it's with that. The but, same same with, um, you know, I think they all do that. You know, everybody's shipping frozen stuff at this point. But it's such a good idea because then you could eat a single steak if mm -hmm. you wanted to and you mm -hmm. wouldn't spoil the rest. Exactly. And that's the uh, thing, too, is uh, with my um, the subscription, they give you a choice on um, what sort of portion size you want to cut things up into. Mm -hmm. And um, 
So I do everything for, you know, individuals because usually I'm, you know, cooking for myself. Um, and my girlfriend's also vegetarian, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I get to eat it all. But, uh, you know, you can choose like portions cutting for two or three or whatnot. But it's nice because I do that. Um, you know, even though that said, like my chicken that I had um, last night, I grilled just chicken breast same on the same lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like a little over a pound oh, in, wow. you know, in one thing. So I just took half of that grilled half of it, saved the rest. I was going to have it today, but today it has been promoted to burger night. (laughs) Yeah. I like to bake enough chicken that I can eat it all week. Yeah. I'm not good at storing leftovers. (laughs) Well, I really don't. Yeah. I don't do them as leftovers. I do them planned and they go into their individual Tupperware. So they're ready for our, our lunch. Yep. All right. All right. So uh, on the topic of food and mm-hmm. um, and burgers, etc. Whoa, I've got sound enabled apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to put a link in there. I've uh, so I recently found that one of my favorite YouTube channels, the author um, wrote a book called um, "You Suck at Cooking." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've mentioned that. Yes. Well, he came out with a book. Actually, it's been a few years. And so uh, my running buddy, uh, we often as we're running, we often are talking about food. Yeah. And like, you know, like, oh, I want food. Well, I can't think. Oh, burgers. Oh, I'm craving pizza. Oh, that beer is going to taste so good. So um, when I found out that um, first up, it was his birthday last month. And then that the You Suck at Cooking author had a book. I immediately had to order him a copy. (laughs) So I got myself the Kindle copy and I was reading it like, you know, just laughing out loud at some of the stuff in there. And I would uh-huh. do little screenshots and send them to him. He's like, where are you getting this? This is so funny. And I didn't want to tell him. And I didn't want to even tell him about the YouTube channel because I was afraid he would see that the guy had a book and immediately buy one. Right. right. So I waited. And then um, but uh, so I've been watching a lot of you suck at cooking videos. And of course, YouTube then says, well, if you like that, maybe you like this. And mm-hmm. he, a record with the, the algorithm, as people like to say, <laughs> I hate when people say the algorithm, because it makes you think that there's like one overarching algorithm running out on the Internet. And there, it's an algorithm in God mode. In God mode. There you go. Anyway, YouTube's selection algorithm uh, recommended Guga Foods to me. <laughs> and uh, it's by this host named Guga. And, uh, you know, he's a Latino and he obviously you just look at him. You can tell this guy loves his food. But what's hilarious is like he talks, he's like, you know, hey, there's welcome to Google Foods. I'm Google. Today we're going to be talking about a burger. And but then he switches. So like that's his voice, his natural voice when he's on camera. But then when he switches to narration, he has a different voice. And he'll start telling about how he was going to make the world's greatest burger. First, we start with a brioche bun. And then I got Wagyu steaks. It's hilarious. He goes through this whole thing. Uh um, But then he goes to the end. I think it's his son is his his taste tester. So the two of them always try the food. Mm -hmm. It's it's hilarious. But I've I've watched a lot of those and they're a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I switched to YouTube premium some time ago. Yeah. I like, so like before bed, sometimes I'll want to watch something, but I don't want to sit down and dedicate like 
a half hour to staring at the screen or a full hour or a whole right. movie that's multiple hours. I, there are a lot of little channels on YouTube where I can just watch something for five, 10 minutes, get my fix and like, all right, I'm good. I'm happy. And then I go to bed, you know? Yeah. Um, so this is, this is one of those. So mm -hmm. do you have any YouTube channels that you subscribe to that you like to watch for fun? No, I, I don't watch podcasts or anything. Yeah. So, so these are, yeah. I mean, who watches podcasts? Who watches podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> Especially now that blurring the lines thing. What the heck? Did you know they're on YouTube now? Yeah, I heard yeah, that. Two guys, Adam and Peter, they talk about life, business, the intersection of personal. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I yeah. actually, I do watch YouTube plenty when I'm trying to learn something. Like right now I'm reviewing how to fly fish. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, um, well, I, I do tutorial stuff sometimes. Uh, like one that I just did is I am switching my online gaming platform. Uh, we've been playing for over a year now on roll20.net. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a virtual tabletop. So it's to facilitate games like Dungeons and Dragons. So mm -hmm. it handles things mm -hmm. like rolling dice you know <laughs> so i don't have to worry about showing you my camera and showing the the dice rolls and right so, uh and it maintains your character sheet and it has a map so it's got it takes care of all those details um the thing is like it's i think that the platform itself is like close to if not more than 10 years old but mm -hmm. it really feels like it hasn't advanced it's mm -hmm. we're always complaining about something that they do in that yeah. Um, but uh, I recently purchased a license to one of their competitor competitors, uh, which is the Foundry Virtual Tabletop. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't gotten started yet, but one of the things that I do have bookmarked is a tutorial on getting started, how to mm -hmm. just get it set up. So um, one of these days when I have a little more time, I'll plan on spending some, you know, investing the time to get that set up. Mm -hmm. But um, I've been a little busy lately. <laughs> yeah. 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 So well, before you, so I noticed you on YouTube when I was doing um, some recent searches on YouTube, it, like here's Peter, how do you use a strap? So I saw, I watched your like a two minute video on that. <laughs> there you go. I th yeah. I think the one that you had, had was actually tan, but, uh, or maybe it would have been orange, orange. Yep. Uh, so see, I was, I did actually watch it. I didn't just, just see it. Uh, so the, a lot of the yoga that, yep. I think it was this one. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the yoga that I do, I either do between Amazon or, um, or YouTube. Yep. And so if you subscribe to the YouTube premium, I don't want to have to watch those commercials anymore. Would I? Correct. <laughs> and you get YouTube music. Uh -huh. which is an inferior second cousin to something like Spotify or Apple music. <laughs> it's close to Amazon prime music. Okay. The free, the free one, the free one that you get, you know, with yeah. an Amazon account with a prime. Account. Yeah. I think I, I need to check and see if I'm paying for that because I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, if you have plain old Amazon, you get a selection of like 2 million songs or something. And mm -hmm. then if you pay for it for, you know, an additional monthly fee, it's, it, it approaches Spotify and Apple music, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. 
YouTube right. Music does not. And now again, YouTube Premium not the same as YouTube TV. That's oh, different. okay. So that's that, okay. different. Yeah. So you subscribe to Premium, not TV. Correct. Okay. I experimented with YouTube TV for a month, trying to get my parents migrated over to that, and mm -hmm. failed miserably. So um, no, but YouTube TV also YouTube TV does not include YouTube Premium. Ah, okay. Separate services. So YouTube TV gives you things like broadcast TV and the ability to stack on services like HBO, Stars, Disney Plus. You can buy all those through YouTube TV. Mm -hmm. um, I thought about it. I might have had better luck if I had, for my parents, if I had gotten them a, a Chromecast as opposed to a, um, a Fire TV stick. Yeah. Because it's a little confusing. Like, here's the Amazon interface, and then you have to go into YouTube and stuff. And plus, my mom was always, like, buying things on Amazon, subscribing to stuff. So uh, that, was, that just didn't work for them. So. Yeah. But um, but YouTube TV does not include YouTube Premium. So YouTube okay. Premium basically takes out the ads and bundles in music. Okay. And, you know, right now I'm paying the student rate because I am a student. One of the reasons I'm so busy. Uh, <laughs> I'm in uh, my second to my penultimate class on my route to my bachelor's degree. So what makes it penultimate? It's not the ultimate class, which would be the final one. It's the one before the final one. Okay. So, so yes, critical inquiry with uh, actually my favorite professor from all the uh, classes I've taken so far. He's really good. And uh, he's going to make me think and work. So, mm -hmm. you know, but that's kind of why I did this. You know, I didn't want to just check the box. I wanted to get something out of this. Yeah. And uh, so this is one of the few classes where that may be actually be the case. So, cool. Um, so that's one of the reasons I'm so busy. Yeah. And um, yeah. But we can talk about more reasons I'm so busy. But first, you. <laughs> oh, for me? Oh, no, that ping was... Ping-pong back. Right. Okay, ping-pong back. So the, uh, I'm still waiting on my Starlink. Okay. Um, that's keeping you busy? That's keeping me busy. You no. just sit there, like, <laughs> staring, waiting, waiting. I'm, wait, I'm waiting and watching for Elon to come deliver my Starlink, but he has yep. not. Uh, but, no, we've had... I mean, work, work has obviously been really crazy. Yep. And then I'm still, you know, we planted lavender. And, lavender? Yep. So we're, um, they're all, well, we planted 100 plants and wow. 98 of them have made it through three weeks. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a 98% success ratio. 98, almost. <laughs> What's the, uh, what are the odds there? Like, is it like most businesses? Are they going to most, do most of them fail in the first two years or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we've done the things that we have the, we bought them from a nursery. We bought three and three and a half inch pots, you know, so they are, they're already, you know, alive and really ready to go. So we had, uh, you know, we did everything that we could to ensure that they would live. And so I would say a hundred percent would have been too high of an expectation, but I think 98 is actually really good. <laughs> It sounds good in, in like any context, 98% sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were, they were kind of the ones that died. They were kind of puny to begin with. And I just don't think that they were all that great. Like one yeah. of them had kind of fallen out of its pot and we kind of put it in the hole and hoped for the best, but the others were pretty healthy. Like they were, they're pretty alive and, and they're doing well. They're cool. Yeah. So it's, I, I think I told you, you know, lavender lives in 
you know, it was originated in the Mediterranean. So rocky, dry, and sunny all day long. That's, that's all you have to have. Poor, poorly, uh, poor nutrients, well-drained. On that note, I have recently, I just started repotting my aloe plants. Mm-hmm. Because I my aloes are always like small and numerous. Mm-hmm. So like I started with these little ones and then they just spread out, but they never get really big. And I just, I yep. want a big aloe plant, you know? Uh-huh. So when I was up in Vermont a couple of weeks ago, visiting my godson, uh, I had given them one of my aloe plants. Mm-hmm. Things huge. <laughs> I'm like, that was literally my plant. What am I doing wrong? Right. <laughs> so um, his mom said, well, you know, you got to use this kind of different soil. So I went to Home Depot and I picked up a pot, uh, a bag of, of cactus and succulent potting mm-hmm. soil. Mm-hmm. And so I've started trading those out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that, you know, like I have had these, I, I've been giving away these aloe plants for years now. <laughs> and, you know, like, I don't like to throw them away. So what I'll do is, um, you know, when they start to like expand though, mm-hmm. I take um, peanut butter jars because mm-hmm. I eat a lot of peanut butter, clean them out, throw a little dirt in there, stick an aloe plant and here, here's a present, have yeah. an aloe. As my new friend, I don't typically do this, but have an aloe plant. I have an aloe plant. <laughs> oh, trust me, I got lots of them. So, yeah. so, uh, so I'm hoping that maybe this thing will start to actually, you know, mm-hmm. blossom a little bit, get a little bigger. Because we have one. Uh, it's not down here. It's outside now. Uh, I mean, the pot it is in is probably a 14-inch pot. And it is probably another 14 inches deep. And it has a huge aloe plant in it. And it's got little babies in there that are... Mm-hmm that are growing, but it, I mean, I'm pretty sure she got the succulent soil for it. And I was surprised though. I thought that the succulent soil would be like sand and rocky and dirt stuff, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, pretty moist and peaty stuff. Yeah. If you would have said, you know, yeah, exactly that. I could, I would have grabbed it and I would have said, oh, well, this isn't, this isn't cacti this land. This is not desert. This is not <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> But I, I guess, it, yeah, well, I, I couldn't taste the difference at all. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like when you've eaten one dirt and you've eaten it all, you know. <laughs> so another reason that I've so been so busy is mm-hmm. uh, just about a month ago. Uh, yeah, I think a month ago today, uh, I started uh, my new engagement as the um, my first uh, V CISO engagement. What's a what's a CISO? Is that CISO like CISO is a chief is like information CISO? security officer. Okay. VC, so small V means, you know, implies virtual, right? Okay. So I'm an, I'm a contractor, not an employee of this company. So okay. um, it's a startup there in uh, financial technology uh, lending in the fintech mm-hmm. lending space. So uh, having fun with that so far, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I've got a couple of projects, well, three, four, four irons in the fire right now that I'm working on. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, uh, an encryption project, um, helping them spin up their SOC, their Security Operations Center. Uh, mm-hmm. That's another one. Um, working on uh, some compliance for offshore uh, compliance concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, oh, and uh, testing out uh, their incident response capabilities and stuff. So cool. it's, so far, it's it's kind of fun. So the you get to be the consultant, and you don't actually have to do the work, right? 
for a lot for some of it i do the work and for some i don't actually have to do the work yeah, yeah. so well, and if you're testing their response system obviously if you did the work that would not be them <laughs> like auditing you know check your own homework right you know, it's like, yeah. oh, sure it's good to check your work but you shouldn't be the final say so, <laughs> uh, well no like for instance um you know for the sock i will not be the sock right mm -hmm. i'm not gonna you know be um i would definitely expect that i'll be consulted and informed you know and probably heavily leaned upon if they have a security incident Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be doing that. So what I'm doing is bringing, you know, vendors to the table, uh, weighing their internal capabilities, helping them make the decision. Do you want to do this internally? What can I do for you? What can you do yourself? Where do we need, you know, additional resources? So helping them make that, uh, those sort of decisions. So sounds like you're asking a lot of questions. I am. <laughs> I am asking a lot of questions, which is awesome because I said that quest that course that I'm taking, that second to last class in uh, my uh, for my bachelor's, is called critical inquiry, mm -hmm. and it's along the critical thinking path. You know, they have management, philosophy, this, that, the other. This one is in the critical thinking path. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, and like right off the bat, just after the first week's lecture. I was essentially lecturing um, my team at the hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like guys, when we get these incident response, you know, we get these reports, you need to do some critical thinking. You know, you need to like get your head up about of the weeds, mm -hmm. think about what's going on. What are we working on here? Why are we doing this? You know, mm -hmm. like we had one report, for instance, um, <coughs> Sophos had detected malware. And it was apparently in a uh, page file mm -hmm. in a shadow copy. So we're getting technical into the weeds here, listener, apologies. <laughs> but um, supposedly, you know, signatures, malicious signatures were found in a page file kept in a shadow copy. So it's a backup of a virtual memory file. Mm-hmm. Virtual memory, it's ephemeral. Stuff comes and goes, right? And this was, I'm like, so one of my guys was spending time working on this, trying to get, you know, get this um, uh, file scanned. And um, the Sophos had said, you should do this. And our level zero sock had said, yep, you should scan this. And and I was like, why, why are we doing, like, mm -hmm. delete it? Just delete that file and forget about it. Why is it even in the shadow co shadow copies? Why did you save a copy of a page file, right? You know, just, well, this doesn't, none of this makes any sense. And if you ask a few questions, mm -hmm. then, you know, you might come to that realization and just like, like, this is unnecessary. You know, like mm -hmm. this, this is just busy work. So that was an example. Well, and I think that, you know, I used to, I used to not appreciate managers when mm -hmm. I was an engineer, like that was my primary role. Yep. Because you're you're too close to it. Yep. You're too close to it. You own it, and you're offended when there's a virus in your shadow copy. You, I mean, because you're you're thinking, okay, well, somebody's going to say, well, how did you let it get there? Well, I didn't let it get there. It was tricky. You know. <laughs> it was tricky. It was tricky. You know, but. But look, you know, when you when you step back, as look, this not it's. You know, it's not my fault that it got there, or even if it is my fault, asking the question of how it could have been prevented 
for future, you know, that doesn't offend me as mm-hmm. the manager, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm evolving now in leaving the engineering position. And it's a, it's a much healthier place to be <laughs> from, from the mentality standpoint, because you ask the questions to fix the problems. You're not asking the questions to find out who's at fault. Right. And, and that's the thing is, like, you know, it's not we're not trying to blame anybody, mm-hmm. you know, um, but like the way I look at it, things is like, you know, people process and technology. Right. Mm-hmm. Where is the failure? I find often it's process <laughs> and more often it's people. It's usually yeah. people who don't follow the process. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's the technology. Sometimes the technology just doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, those are called bugs, <laughs> you know, software <laughs> bugs, for example. Um, I found out that myself just yesterday. Um, I uh, have a, um, uh, I maintain and de- deployed and maintain the ticketing system, uh, or I should say the incident response platform for the hospital. And so one of the email addresses that we have on file is IR at, as in incident response at hospital domain dot top level domain, right? Um, well, I had not um, finished, like I had deployed it and it had been working for years. Well, yesterday we found out that this guy whose last name uh, well, this, this one person, we tried to send an email to this person and we get this message from the ticketing system saying, we can't send this. This is an address that belongs to the ticketing system. I was like, why is Gregory so-and-so an address? That, that address does not belong to the ticketing system. Yeah. Well, but it did match because his last name ended in IR. That matched IR at... Right. Yeah. So because I had not properly bounded the email addresses as a mm-hmm. regular expression. So I didn't say starts with IR at hospital name dot blah and ends there. Yeah. So it was just doing a regular expression match. And, you know, like IR at hospital name matches this guy's last name. IR at hospital name. I was like <laughs> configuration issue. Right. Mm-hmm. The technology didn't fail. That was a person configuring it wrong. That was me. Mm-hmm. I fixed it. Right. Um, but, you know, looking at things like that, looking at the, you know, people failure, I, t- I tell a lot of people failure. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. Um, and that's the hardest to change. You know, when you find a process failure, like, Oh, we should have consulted with that department. Great. You modify the process. Mm-hmm. Right now, then what's going to cause that problem? Like, well, they're hard to work with. That's a people problem. Yeah. That's a people problem. You know? Not an IT problem. Not an IT problem, not a process problem, and certainly not a technology problem, even though they may be technology people. <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's just, it's, it's interesting. So, you know, and, and as time goes by, I start to learn these things. And like one of the things um, I was talking, uh, one of these projects is, talking with a client about um, they're looking at outsourcing uh, functions to a company in India. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everyone's doing it. 
you know, no one's going to fault you for, oh, okay, not no one, but yeah, maybe the Department of Defense, right? Yeah. But it's, it's a very common thing. Even financial, healthcare, lots of stuff gets outsourced to India. Mm-hmm. But given the current, and I mean very current state of affairs in India with COVID-19, maybe somebody might be asking more questions. And it's legit for them to ask questions mm-hmm. in the current state. Now, it doesn't mean that we're better or worse than them because we have to ask questions here in the United States. We're still number one when it comes to COVID, you know, infections. <laughs> India is working on fixing that and you know, ousting us, you know, but um, we're, you know, it's not, but it's, it's not a bad thing to ask questions and you're not, you know, like pointing fingers or whatnot, but it's a legitimate concern Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I would flip that around and say, you guys should be asking that of yourself too. Right. Cause mm-hmm. you know, the United States didn't, we did a pretty good job. I think given, given our lack of preparedness, I think we were able to adapt to COVID-19 fairly well, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm still miffed at the government's response to things. Oh, I don't know if you just heard last week, the CDC has just told us that the COVID-19 uh, virus is airborne. They can be transmitted in the air. Really? Oh, wow. Amazing. Great. Thanks. And and then what? The day later, they're like, and you don't need to wear your mask anymore. <laughs> I was just like, again. no blank. Um, so I'm still carrying and wearing my mask, even though I'm fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to start. I've been going out to restaurants more, but I still prefer social distancing. I mm-hmm. still wear my, I wear a neck gaiter now where, you know, my mask when I go running and I still, mm-hmm. when I get closer to people, I still pull it up, even though I'm vaccinated, <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, I just, the, the, the guidance is just still so bad. <laughs> and, the so. best thing to do is smoke when you're around people because the smoke will keep the particles and the virus away from you. I mean, there you go. <laughs> yep, exactly. So. Oh, brother. All right. What else we got? All right. So I do. Well, I, if we have time, I'll come to the. Well, I'll do the tech tip. So I've got to say, if we, have, no, if we have time, we'll get to the main topic. Yeah. <laughs> That so doesn't gonna, sound like we have our priorities straight. <laughs> so from uh, a lot of a lot of people are adopting Office 365. But what a lot of people don't know is that Office 365 is not backed up by default. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> well, and they say, well, Microsoft has redundant servers and, you know, they're geo redundant. And if they're a data center in... Atlanta fails, the one in Boston is still online. That's backed up. No, no, that's not the definition of a backup. A backup is I delete an email today and 45 days from now, oh no, I need that email back. Let's go to the backup and restore that email to me. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's gone mm-hmm. because Microsoft retains data for 30 days. Yep. And so there is no backup of Office 365. And that yep. goes for email, yep. SharePoint, and Teams. Yep. All Well, it really goes for everything. Yep. But those are the big things that people are using today. Yep. People are engaged in Teams. They're sending documents that way. They're living with them in that way. They're living with them in SharePoint. They're replacing their file servers with SharePoint. Which Microsoft wants you to do. Mm-hmm. 
they're using their OneDrive. They're storing all their stuff in OneDrive. And so they don't have to worry about if their computer fails. All these things are good things. Yep. Microsoft is still not backing up that data. <laughs> so, you know, I take a slight issue. There are different ways to define backups. But yes, my, my definition of backup is that, yeah, um, they're, they're not backing up enough. Yes. Yeah, that's how I would put it. There are backups, but are you going to be able to get everything that you need restored in the event of an actual emergency? Yeah. And uh, I find that often the answer is no. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but again, I, I have plenty of clients who say, ah, we've got plenty of time. We can just restore it from, you know, we've got like 30 days to restore from SharePoint or, or whatnot. I'm like, yeah, All right. well, you've been notified. I don't know about you, but in my adult life, 30 days goes by really quickly. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know, I, I have new, new people. Okay. You just finished your 90 days. Oh man. Wow. Well, what's your name again? What's your name? <laughs> I don't feel like I know everything. New guy. <laughs> new guy. So, so yeah. So there are a number of vendors out there. Um, we're using Veeam just because Veeam can pull it out of the cloud and back it up locally. Like I use uh, Backupify for Backupify, most of Backupify, yeah. Yep. I don't think there's any clear right or wrong choice in that out there right now. Yep. I mean, Barracuda's doing it, aren't they? Um, no, everybody's doing yeah, it. Some everybody's doing it. Days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whatever whatever vendor choice matches with what people are doing, but they should they should be doing some sort of backup. Yep. Um, and you know, I don't know how many times I have to. Oh, yeah, I at least have to tell my clients one more time. <laughs> you're you're not on backup. Wait, yeah, we are. No, you're not. You're not. I promise you, you're not. And and I've had conversations where people had again people process technology where the backup was like, oh, I do the backup manually, mm -hmm. right? Or I back up to one of these guys, uh -huh. <laughs> well, OneDrive. I was mm -hmm. like, that's great. Have you ever forgotten to do that? <laughs> right? Uh, hmm. And like, and then like, do you ever go on vacation? Mm -hmm. Who backs up when you are on vacation, right? Yeah. And I was like, so let's say now, do you ever forget to? Yeah, I once forgot to do a backup for a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Let's pretend that you forgot to do a backup a couple weeks before you went on vacation for a couple weeks. <laughs> and then you come back and on the first day back, your file server explodes. Are you okay losing all of, you know, a month's worth of work? Mm -hmm. And I had this discussion with the CFO and the, the head, um, you know, the, the C, CEO, C, CTO guy. And he was like, uh, you know, we'd be, and the CFO speaks up. She's like, we'd be dead. <laughs> right then. Yeah. Would you want to consider a, addressing this problem? Because I'm no expert when it comes to business, but I think dead is a state that we're probably trying to avoid, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Let's aim, let's, let's aim higher. The same higher than dead. Yeah. We knew better than dead. So, yeah. so I showed them how to do better than dead. So, yeah. Well, and another scenario where you could lose all your files is if you got a ransomware, if all of your SharePoint files were now encrypted. Okay. Yeah. 
you can go to the previous version. You're going to have to right click each file and restore it to the way it sat right before encryption. And the other problem is when you have, well, our data is in multiple data centers. I had to have this conversation with a hospital <laughs> working on a, in explaining to them the issues with a ransomware infection. And I had to explain to them, this is in year 2020, that if you have two hot data centers where all the data is replicated back and forth in near real time, then what you've got going on is replication of ransomware <laughs> back and forth in near real time. But I have two data centers. It, it, it can't get to the other one. But it can because it's <laughs> by design. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. You know? <laughs> so having these discussions is always enlightening. And, you know, and they're like, well, what do we do? I'm like, you got to hire someone like me to help you. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. It's either going to be me or someone like me. <laughs> someone like, yes, exactly. Like me or someone like me, indeed. So, so um, what about the other, the main topic you were talking about, the IT gray zone? What is that? So, so I've got right now, uh, I'm, I'm taking over a new client. Oh, I know exactly where we are. I know. Yeah. I, I've been here. So the existing IT company was supposed to be done with their migration. Well, they're not done with their migration. Um, migration from what to what? From the the company that we're taking on, the companies are splitting. They're 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 not bad. I mean, they're not mad at each other or anything. But mm -hmm. one part of the company is splitting off from the other. Okay. And we're taking the part. We're taking on the company that's splitting off. Well, okay. they've hired us. We've signed contracts. We're engaging, and they said, "Ah, uh, we need thirty more days to finish the migration." of the this other the parent unit we need their data uh we're in, it's going to take 30 more days okay fine i'm a professional you're mm -hmm. i mean if you wanted to do something nefarious to them you could have done it all along i mean mm -hmm. <laughs> so so sure yeah i'm going to take away all of your permissions and you and we'll leave you a way to vpn in and you can do you know you can still do what you need to do. And, you know, we're all professionals here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's tracked and they're, they're cool. But they're like, oh, well, we've got, we've got this firewall in place. Well, no problem. I'll replace, I'm replacing the firewall anyway. Well, we need it in place until the transition is done. Okay. Um, then I just so happened to find a client, one of their client computers that did not have any updates happening. Huh. And it's a Windows 7 computer. Huh. No updates. I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> well, the computer crashed. Couldn't couldn't run the updates. It it crashed and burned. Huh. So imagine that. It probably had a virus. I mean, who knows what it had on it? So it had to be wiped and reloaded. Well, now I need the SonicWall software reinstalled. I don't own the SonicWall. They own the SonicWall. Mm -hmm. They don't have any tools. They can't get on the agent. <laughs> they were like, okay, how are we going to work this out? You know, I said, look, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. We're just in a gray zone. Now you need to hire a hacker. Yeah. <laughs> Someone like me. <laughs> yeah. Like you either need to give us permission to the, to the sonic wall or you need to do this work. And they ended up giving us permission to the sonic wall, mm -hmm. but it's just a, it's a weird gray zone transition that we have to face in it. And, yeah. you know, fortunately they're a Nashville company. We're a Nashville company. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense to burn any bridges. Yeah. <laughs> because 
they may work with us again in the future. Sure. We may hire their technicians or vice versa. You know, it's like, and if you ever want to get the client back, yeah, maintain a good relationship throughout. Yeah. Burning <laughs> so, your bridges generally doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Usually not a recommended course of action. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, we're, that was what I meant by the, you know, weird gray zone. It's like, it's their gear. They're going to take it when they're done, but they're not done. <laughs> so like, well, we deal with that all the time. And again, that is what has led to a lot of complications and a breach that I was involved in responding to and investigating last year. Really? Yeah. Well, there was a hospital that was being, that was being integrated into another as far as their IT systems go. And um, there was a lot of leftover hardware that was, and I quote, going away soon. And going away soon has been used to, uh, has, has basically become an excuse for, I'm going to ignore this. Someone else will take care of it. We're not using it anymore, so it's okay, right? Mm. One of these, I've seen, I've seen firewalls, I've seen email servers, I've seen all sorts of stuff left in production, exposed to the internet, mm -hmm. unpatched and unmonitored. And these are like, by definition, these things job is to talk to other devices on the internet mm -hmm. and accept traffic from them. Right. So like, you guys, you can't do that. You know, you have this old email gateway server, shut it down. We have, I've seen old exchange servers. Remember a month, uh, two months ago, the, the big uh, exchange uh, vulnerabilities that was coming out. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. An example. Um, I have seen clients with old Sonic walls, old Pulse Secure VPNs, old Fortinets. Mm -hmm. And I saw one of these, the Fortinet had not been patched for a year and a half. <laughs> and that was how the, the attackers got, they just walked right in. So it's, it's amazing though, but you know, but people are very easily focused on, you know, like out of sight, out of mind. Right. I'm not using it anymore. It's not important. I need to focus on this thing over here. So you need somebody to focus on that thing over there, which is going to cause problems. You know, I equate that to um, one of these days, I'll get around to finishing my book, uh, which uh, goes through explaining security castle. as, uh, you know, in the form of a castle. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it's like, well, we just put up this brand new front gate. It's wonderful. And it's so heavily guarded. It has a drawbridge. It has armed guards. It's got boiling oil that we can pour down. We've got arrow slits. It's great. Like, well, what about that back door over there, which is now unguarded and left wide open? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but look at this new gate. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, but what about <laughs> that over there? So, you know, spend a lot of time like that. And when you think about when I put it like that, it makes perfect sense, mm -hmm. right? Holy crap, we've got an unguarded gate. The bad guys could just literally walk right in through there. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. But when you're thinking like, well, I've got this old exchange server and you know what? We might need it. You know, it might, st people might still be using that gate. Mm-hmm. You know what? Tough. <laughs> Tell them to walk around. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the solution, right? So, you know, there you go. Yeah. So, ironically, this is a 
Sonic Wall. Huh. Expecting an exchange server. Huh. <laughs> Take a wild guess. So I used my security auditing tools to see how many failed logins there were over the last 30 days. I'm going to wildly guess more than two. More than two. So, so, on. so over the 30 days, there have been 22,000 failed logins. That's it? Yeah. Over the, the, the last day before I ran the scan, there were 10,000 on that day. That's what we call a hockey stick. <laughs> so 50% of the last 30 days attacks came in yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I'd say you're being attacked. I would say it too. That's the, what it feels like. Yeah. The, the network is, or the internet is really slow. And um, yeah, so I've got to replace that firewall uh, probably a year ago. I mean, so really. what you're saying is Boris is holding door open for Igor. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes. He has one foot in the door. <laughs> you have foot in door. <laughs> oh boy! But I mean, I, right. that's We're why getting... we don't run exchange. That's why we don't run our own exchange server. I mean, I jeez, I don't now. To be frank, like when I was managing on-prem exchange service, number one, I hated it. And number two, I would usually, well, I would always recommend, didn't always get the budget to, but I would usually put them behind a Linux server in front to just mm -hmm. process the emails and stuff. So you're not talking directly to the Microsoft exchange server. Yeah. Although a couple of weeks ago, big flaw in XM was discovered. XM being the default mailer for Debian systems, mm -hmm. which also stands for... I never knew this. It stands for experimental internet mailer. Really? <laughs> I did not know that. I just heard that this week and I was like, really? Oh, wow. Um, XM is one that I've never intentionally deployed or maintained. Um, I used to use SendMail back in the days when I was young and stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, and now I use PostFix, which is way better and has a much better security track record. Um, but anyway, um, XM... What I did not realize is it is the default, and I, I realized this later, but I had forgotten. It's the default or the only, it's the mail daemon and uh, mail uh, proxy server for all Sophos hardware. Ah. So it is on all of my Sophos UTM and XG firewalls out there. And I was like, all right. So uh, if you're using that Sophos proxy, they're like, update right now. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. got it. So. But, um, you know, it's just because the show, nobody's secure. The, the, those Fortinets, they're running, I'm pretty sure, oh, I don't know. I don't remember if SonicWall, SonicOS, oh, and FortiOS, if they're Linux forks. I don't know what they are at the kernel. I think they are, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty you know? sure it's a Linux. Yeah, but you can get as, you know, religious holy war as you want on your operating system choice. Doesn't make, you know, doesn't make you secure. Right. Mm -hmm. They all have problems. They all need to be monitored. They all need to be maintained and updated. So mm -hmm. get on that. <laughs> <sighs> should we start to wind things down? I think we should. All right. So I do have a nifty. Nifty. It's been uh, almost a couple months now uh, when I switched to an Oral-B electric toothbrush. Mm -hmm. I did message you. The first one that I got, I bought the, ex the, the more expensive one with, quote, AI. <laughs> and I sent it back after a day. 
I bought the less expensive one without AI. And all it does is, you know, in addition to the rotating bristles, uh, it vibrates after 30 seconds. So it tells you which quadrant of your teeth to use. Oh, okay. The, the AI version uh, includes a mount for your phone. So you mount your phone on your mirror and then it watches you as you're brushing to tell you which teeth you're supposed to be focusing on. <laughs> so like, I'm not going to go through the hassle of bringing my freaking phone into the bathroom and mounting it on the mirror every time I brush my teeth. That's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but just using this regular thing, I was really, really surprised at the difference it's made in my teeth. Huh. And the way I check is that even though I brush and floss religiously, at, you know, at least once a day in the flossing and, you know, brushing at least twice a day, the first thing I would always notice is that my bottom front two teeth would always start. There's a tiny little gap between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And they would, that would always start to fill up mm -hmm. with, with tartar, you know, with plaque and then tartar. And every time I go get to my teeth clean, they're chipping away at it with a hammer and chisel. Yep. <laughs> And um, the way I could tell is usually within a couple of weeks, even though I'm flossing and brushing it every single day, it would fill up. Well, it's been well over a month now. And that, that gap between it is still very well pronounced. And so I'm like, okay, I wish I had known sooner that electric toothbrushes could really make that significant a difference. Mm -hmm. So, well, so cool. it's pretty nifty. Nifty. So and then there you go. For our next week's episode, we will have Cameron Mason on with us. Excellent. I don't even remember who that is. <laughs> she is a marketing expert. We will have a marketing expert. That's great. Yeah, maybe we should get to you know, start. We've been talking about it. Maybe we should actually get some more guests on again. That's always fun. <laughs> so. um, speaking of guests, too, uh, I have another little side project. Very informal, very sporadic. Mm -hmm. But a uh, friend and listener of the show, Scott Wilsey, and I have spun up another podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, if we do have guests, I think that you would be a prime one for it because the podcast <laughs> is called Friends with Beer. Friends with Beer. Okay. Yes. Now, in most time, it's going to be just me and Scott talking about whatever and beer. It's that's, the, that's the game of the show. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, you know, we'll probably talk about health and you know work frustrations and technology so there's definitely gonna be some overlap but uh the main constant will be well me and scott and beer so i can i could probably say something about that i figured you might be able to so if uh, <laughs> if we get to a point you know like we're so far we've done one episode mm -hmm. um so if we get up to like you know i'd say i don't know episode two or so maybe we'll start looking at guests then i don't know <laughs> There you go. So, yeah. So, dear listener, uh, we would like to have your feedback. If you um, if you have a sonic wall and you need help getting it patched, <laughs> you, your company is growing and you need a virtual CISO, you know, get in touch with us. You can find us at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can find my good friend Adam at sublimecomp.com. That's his website for Sublime Computer Services. And he's also on Twitter at sublimecomp. Me, I'm a little more distributed. You can find me at paradigmcc.com. You can also find me at yogawithpeter.com. If those are hard to remember, you can find me at pn72.com. That has links to the other stuff. And now more recently, you can find me at friendswithbeer.com. Friends with beer. Friends with beer. So I'm going to have to add that to my homepage. I just realized I need to add that to the, the link of podcast. So 
And on that note, I think it's my turn to push the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us. 